guys. Welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I'm Ryan from ColdSplitation.com, and I'm joined with my co-host, Martin. How's it going? We are here on the eve of Thanksgiving, Turkey Day, and today we're bringing you a special episode that is full of Thanksgiving festivities and fun, one that we, we are so happy to bring you and had an enjoyable time <laughs> preparing for um to be honest with you thanksgiving episodes we've done a lot of the main stuff right like we we did planes trains and automobiles we did the biggest thanksgiving movie of them all dutch <laughs> we <laughs> you know we also did we did uh rambo first blood and that's not even a thanksgiving movie we did that accidentally <laughs> but um we, like, Christmas, Thanksgiving, it's all the same. Yeah, we know? we've covered a lot of like we've we've done a lot of Thanksgiving movies and it's getting harder as we go on each year. It's getting harder we did, and harder. We've done Thanksgiving. That is true. Yep. We didn't do the third one, which is a uh, it's a uh, a thought for another time. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, I think you know what? I think after this, I think we do Alice's restaurant finally next year and then we just call it a day. I'm so move on. I, yeah, I guess so. I'm not interested in Alice's Restaurant, but I guess we got to do it. Well, I mean, it's an actual Thanksgiving film. I mean, yeah. It, it, was I interested in Dutch, the lowest rent of John Hughes films? No. But you sat there and made me watch that fucking piece of shit anyway. See, my, my dad agrees with you. He doesn't really like Dutch. <laughs> He's, we asked if we were like, oh, do you want to watch Dutch for this? And he's like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> we watched planes, trains, and automobiles tonight, but yeah, we asked if you wanted to watch Dutch, and he said, "Not really." So. so, who was it that introduced you to Dutch? Um, I think it was like a list online. It was like Thanksgiving movies you probably haven't seen. And one was Dutch, so we watched it, and we we're like, "Wow, this is a great Thanksgiving movie! I can't believe we haven't seen this movie." It's not though. I like it. I know you like it. I like it a lot. Christopher McDonald's in it. Which he's in also good to note. Um, there's a new show, on, fairly new show on Netflix that Christopher McDonald is in, The Watcher. Ooh, yeah, he's got a mm, somewhat smaller part, but he plays like the police chief. Yeah, Christopher McDonald, also better known as Shooter McGavin. That's also right. Better known as Buffalo Bills fan. <laughs> yeah, you always bring that up. Yeah, he's in. He's well, in, uh, if if you're gonna say James Wood, noted Twitter <laughs> asshole, anytime Christopher McDonald, it's gonna be noted Bills fan. Bills fan, probably watching tomorrow while watching Dutch. No, he's not watching Dutch. So, all that to say, it's getting harder and harder to find Thanksgiving movies. We even cover like uh, I think was it last year we did Blood Rage, yeah, which we was did. was again another one of those movies where it's like it's Thanksgiving, but. It's a rough one. It was pretty trifling. And and you know what? Interestingly enough, this episode is going to be probably very similar to <laughs> our coverage of Blood Rage because even the quality and the 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 whole idea of this movie is very very similar to Blood Rage um in in scope. And this is not a very well-known film. It is a slasher movie from the 80s, early 80s, really. Very early, 1981. <clears throat> so it's competing with the early, you know, early kin in the slasher film franchise. Um, but it doesn't have it like it doesn't have anything going for it that the other films had, especially when you consider the fact that it's like, um, well, we did Halloween. Uh, we did Christmas. What's the next holiday for a slasher movie? Thanksgiving. Be perfect. Not only that. um, If during that time period you make a slasher film and it can't be noted, it's really not noted for anything. Mm-hmm. You did a shitty job. That's true. At that time, it's like you know, not not as many films get made at that time. So, I I wouldn't say that it's getting overshadowed. It's more so people were like saw it and were like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. They Indiana Jones did. They, you know, <laughs> threw it into the vault, you know, into the... Yeah. <laughs> they put it away. 
and and it is interesting that it hasn't gotten any um recent release because we have a revival of slasher movies right we have a a revival of like Arrow Video and Vinegar Syndrome. They're going back in the archives and they're saying, like, "What are some really, really, uh, n- not well-known slasher movies that we could put out on Blu-ray and like kind of you know bring to the forefront?" And someone probably had the reel for Home Sweet Home, and they're like, "No, thanks." <laughs> no, sir. Would you would you part with that <laughs> film reel for? Five dollars? No. Yeah, it's like we have the thirty-five millimeter uh, original camera negative, and we're willing to offer it to you for well under the normal price for the rights to these things. And Vinegar Syndrome is like, nah. Even that is sinking too low for our fan base. Half the film is uh, in the dark. We can't do anything with that. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Yeah, so I kind of revealed that in the last bit there, but I we're talking about Home Sweet Home, which um, <clears throat> a really weird title for this movie, for one thing, um, <clears throat> has very little to do with the overall movie itself. Uh, Thanksgiving is a part of the movie, but again, it's almost like someone said we need something, we need a, we need something to kind of bring this gel this together. Like, what would, what would all these people be meeting together for? And they were like Thanksgiving. Put a turkey on the table. The people will know it's Thanksgiving. And that's pretty much all that Home Sweet Home has for Thanksgiving <laughs> festivities, really. It, it had, uh, there's a little girl stuffing her face with uh, turkey who went on to be the Yabo girl from Hocus Pocus. So, that's what we're working with with Home Sweet Home. Um, like I said, hasn't had a major release since. On Blu-ray, it um, its director, um, which is one thing that's notable. Uh, the director Nettie Pena uh, is a woman, which is not often the case in horror movies and slasher movies, especially at the time. Uh, she did not go on to do any other like major directing credits after this. I think she did direct like one other movie, uh, which no one has ever heard of, uh, called "They're Not Green," and it was a documentary. So, um, this was pretty much the end of her career. She also edited, um, Dracula Sucks, which is a, uh, pseudo adult film horror movie, uh, which I, I think that one Vinegar Syndrome did release. (laughs) So, uh, well, it's got Dracula in it. Right, right. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that one Vinegar Syndrome released, um, but, uh, yeah, so Nettie Pena didn't go on to do anything else. Most of the actors in this movie did not go on or were not even known at all. Um, the only one that's probably somewhat known is Jake Steinfeld, who who plays the uh, the main bad guy, the, the, the thought, killer. I thought you were going to say Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> right. Dude's a brick shithouse in this movie. He li- literally cannot put his arms down in this movie. He's like <laughs> one of the Stretch Armstrong uh, dolls. He just is just walking around with his arms to the you know out to his his, his uh, sides. What are they? The traps? The muscle above like your shoulder? Mm. Or whatever. You I know don't I don't work out. How would I know? <laughs> I was gonna say. Well, they go to like his ears. That's how fucking like, <laughs> you know monstrous. Whatever he is. that muscle is, they go to his ears. He was he he was in um coming to America. He's a cab driver in that movie. Coming to America. Yep. What a great movie. I wish we were doing that instead. But other than that, there's really not much, you know, to <clears throat> to to remark about the cast or the crew about this movie. Um, which tells you all you need to know about it. Um and suffice to say, neither of us have ever seen this movie. This was a this was a pick for me where I was going through a list of Thanksgiving movies. I was like, hmm. What could we do that would make sense on the podcast? And I was like, "Home Sweet Home." This one looks interesting. Like, like, like you had to dig that one up. You yeah, I kind of did. You, yeah, you weren't you weren't sitting there like, "Oh, let's let's do the noted classic." <laughs> Home, Home Sweet, Sweet Home. Home. Yeah, no. I that... was hoping it was the, the the film Sweet Home from Japan, the you know the Japanese horror film from the eighties that inspired Resident Evil. Yeah. No, it didn't. It did not come to me. <laughs> uh, like immediately, I had to look it up 
to see what else was there. And, uh, you know, but it is listed on some INDB lists as just like Thanksgiving horror movies. Um, but there's not a lot. There's not a lot of Thanksgiving movies. It's just, it's a very, um, uh, a, there's a dearth of Thanksgiving movies in general. So we had to, we had to dig deep. And this is going to be like a Mako. When we co- remember, if you remember back when we covered Mako, <sighs> and Martin damn. still remembers covering Mako. I actually, you know what though, I do have that movie now. If you wanted to revisit it, making sure oh. that it wasn't the quality that we watched that was the issue with your viewing experience, I do have it on Blu-ray, so you can oh, revisit it again and just there's... see. Like maybe it is close to Jaws level of, <laughs> of filmmaking. No, I I'm looking through our th- almost 220. 230 episodes and out of all of them Mako is still probably the most taxing film to go through and mm. this, this one's up there yeah this is... and you know what's funny is out of all of them um not a lot of them are that bad I I think outside of like Mako it's probably Batman v Superman but mm-hmm. this this one's right up there I don't think there's anything else where like I was I was literally restless throughout this film like getting up and like walking around and we've done a lot of dog shit on here because that's what ryan chooses for us to do but sometimes they're fun to do oh hold on let's let's see long weekend you know what that was also if i remember correctly a nice you're wrong that was a great movie it's a great movie fucking long weekend restless piece of crap Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Um, the mummy. Well, you that was in theaters, so you know what? That that's not really that restless because that was in theaters. But uh, RoboCop. Oof. Yeah. Yep. That that's 2014. Yep. That's up there. Well, we've done quite a few, but episode 79, by the way, is Mako. If you want to go back and listen to that, yeah, give it a give it a shot. Neither Piece here nor crap. there, though. Home Sweet Home is definitely a movie that we're going to talk about. <laughs> and we're going to try to find things to comment on about it. You know what? I think if I remember correctly, Thanksgiving was also dog shit. Yeah. And yeah. really hard to get through. It, it is. It is. But it has some charms to it, which I would say even Home Sweet Home is lacking. And we'll we'll talk about how it's lacking that stuff. Um, but first, let's talk about the beer that we have on the show today, because uh, this is one that I think we mentioned on the on the podcast a couple episodes ago, and, and we now have it in our hands. So, what did you pick up? Oh, it's me? Yeah. I picked it up? Yeah. Ah, throwing me under the bus. Uh, no, um, one of our uh, most prominent... Uh, breweries that we feature here on the podcast is Genesee because not only are we New Yorkers, we're also a fan of local beer and Genesee is local beer even though they're three hours away in Rochester as we you know live our lives in the the meandering area that is the mix of Capital Area, Adirondacks and the Mohawk Valley besides the point. Big fans of Genesee on here. Um, they recently have released a their I guess what they're calling their brewer series, which I hope that means that there's gonna be more from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to do a brew house series, which was a bunch of the pilot batches from the brew house that were successful and well received. We used to do a bunch of them on here. I think we did like the IPA, the Grungeist Pale Ale, which is great. The we definitely did on here the salted caramel uh, Scotch Ale and mm-hmm. the salted caramel par- uh, porter. Mm-hmm. But even though they, like that, they like kind of expand their seasonals to like these nice beers, and we've all we've done every seasonal that they've released, and some of the other things. They haven't like the pilot batch series has been co- kind of gone for like three years now, which is sad. So if the Brewer Series is going to replace that, I look forward to it because they've always been very good beers. Um, Genesee, for the most part, uh, do really, I think, do really good beers, for especially for a macro brewery. And not only that, though, 
a lot of the stuff, the speciality stuff, the speciality stuff is really good and above and beyond. Because a lot, like around here, Genesee usually has like a negative reputation. If you're like, oh, try the cream ale, they're like, oh, that gives you the shits. And you're like, no, try this. And then they have it, and they're like, oh my god, I was wrong. I'm so sorry. I've been like converting people over for the past decade. Um, and this time around, uh, to kind of launch this brewer series, they have a Imperial Stout, which I'll be honest with you, um, as much as I like stouts, and I do like stouts, in spite of what Ryan might say, um, I'm stouted out because we have a friend that loves stouts so much he overloads us with them, and you don't know what the fuck to do with them. So I'm kind of stouted out. Not only is this a stout, it's an imperial stout, so yeah, you know, even more. But it's a style I like, but I really have to be in the mood to drink it. Because a stout, like especially imperial stouts, they're, you know, they're heavy on the alcohol, they're heavy beers. Depending on what they want to go for, they can be very complex in style and very good. Like, for instance, our friend, and I don't know, I can't remember if we did it on the show or not, where we just had it, the New, Be- the New Holland Dragon's Milk Stroopwaffle. Did we do that on the show, or was that just like... No, we didn't we do that one on the show. So that, like, was really good. It's like Belgian waffle and sugar and maple and all, it, like, 70 different things coming out of it. And it was really good, and I liked it a lot. But it's a 12% beer, it's really heavy, and if it's not colder than a witch's tit out, I don't really have any use for it, because it's just like, after you drink it, you're like, I'm gonna go... Your day's... It's, it's like having a French dip sandwich, as delicious as it is. You're gonna be like, my day's done after that, I gotta just go and take a siesta. <laughs> so... That's my feeling on the style overall, and I, I've probably made it clear the few times that we have done stouts and imperial stouts on here. I like them. They're just, it's something I really have to be in the mood for. Otherwise, I'm just going to be like, no, I'd rather have an IPA or something. That's you know, going to be refreshing to drink because most of these are not <laughs> refreshing at all. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I mean, I think that. I was going to say, is, uh, sure, I was going to say. Oh. I don't know. Say, Are you done? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, well, that being said, on my rant there, this is a uh, very, very good stout. It's got the nice chocolatey, biscuity notes to it. I was, I was taking a drink of this, so that's why. It's got the nice chocolatey, biscuity notes to it. Coffee-like. Very easy to drink. At 8%, there's literally no alcohol back taste to it. It's very very delightful. I would say a, a above, you know, well above average uh, imperial stout because the way they kind of balanced it. There's no bitterness to it. It's very, very easy drinking for the eight percent and for the style. It's got this really nice balance to it, to where you got the nice cocoa, with the breadiness. The coffee aspect to it, yeah. um, I like it a lot, and the can, the, the can's really delightful too. With that nice like uh, church glass uh, look to it. Yeah, I would say that I think that this is a pretty good representation of the uh, stout style. Um, you're right for the alcohol content; you really don't get it uh, in the taste. Um, it does manage the like the cocoa and the um, you know, the maltiness very well. And I think that it is, uh, light enough where it's not overpowering as a stout. Um, and with that said, I think that this is a safer stout from Jenny in terms of it, like starting their brewer series. Um, but perhaps they were just interested and not fucking around with the adjuncts as their first um, venture into like this territory for Brewer Series. Because um, I can appreciate the fact that they went back to the basics because everybody now is like, 
stout with. We threw uh, uh, maple, uh, maple pecans in there, and uh, we 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 threw uh, we threw the, like uh, tree bark in there <clears throat> too, giving it a nice little you know texture. Rum ba- we aged it in rum barrels, so yeah. it's it, not going to be just nine percent. It's going to be fourteen percent, and all that sometimes can take away from the the true. Um, uh, simplicity of what a stout can be, and so I think that the, like there is something to be said about making their brewer series a simple imperial stout, uh, just just a stout. Um, what it does do is blow like some of the more um, mainstream stouts out of the water, like um, Guinness. Guinness's uh, U.S. stout version is is uh, very watery compared to this. Uh, imperial stout even though this imperial stout is what i would call on the lighter side um it's not like an extremely thick stout but it is a very drinkable stout and um one other uh issue that i'll raise with this is that occasionally i do get uh somewhat of a a tinny taste to it and i think that that can be attributed to the occasional malty uh chemical um uh, I don't know. They, there's probably some malt in there that is giving a chemical taste of thinny, like tinniness to it, which is probably just something that I'm getting. And I did see some other people um, comment about the tinniness on uh, some check-ins from it. But I, I don't know that that is necessarily like a problem with the actual brewing process. I think it's more so the fact that the uh, some of the malts can occasionally... Um, bring about this tinny taste for certain people with certain taste buds. Um, I, <clears throat> yeah, I didn't get any tinny taste from it. Right, and you don't get it, but I, I like I said, I, I think it's something to do with the with like a chemical reaction with the malts that that certain people might taste. Um, I don't think it's like a a flaw with the actual beer itself. Which is which is okay because I think you can make that argument. I mean, I know it's a totally different style of beer, but. Uh... Heineken, Heineken in cans is like, when I drink it, though it is delightful, you still get, you know, like, at least for me, I get a pretty big, like, aluminum taste to it. Like, you can taste a can right yeah. through the... Yeah, I think, I think it just, some people might notice it, some people might not, so. But other, otherwise, I think it's pretty, pretty good for their first brewer series. I'd be interested to see what they do, you know, there's, like I said... I'm glad, like it's like if this is going to be the pilot batch series, but in a different way. I'm really happy to see it because the pilot batch series was really good. I think there was probably out of like the 15 beers that they did, two of them that I didn't care for, like the winter warmer being one because that's I hate winter warmers, but uh, for the most part, they, like the orange honey cream ale. The Mosaic Cream Ale, like I said, the Grungeist Pale Ale, the Simcoe Smash uh, IPA, the just regular Smash, you know, IPA. You know, they had a lot, their regular Scotch Ale, the you know, Double Bach, and they had a lot of good stuff, you know, that was interesting and worth trying. And out of their, what people know, well, I wouldn't say out of their wheelhouse because, like I said, they are capable of making these well-crafted beers. It's just because they're a macro brewer, people know them for you know the, re- the regular red eyes, the light, the ice, and you know the cream ale, which is great. But you know, mm-hmm. so like I said, I can't I can't wait to see what they do. Hopefully, they continue it. What and if the brewery series is just stouts? What would you do? I mean, I would try every single one, but <laughs> I, I would be annoyed by it. Yeah. Like, I'm still sad. Like, like it's kind of nice, be too, because I'm kind of sad, like, that the... I'm kind of sad that the Cran, uh, Cran Orange Keller beer, which is delightful, by the way, and we have done the show. I am sad that the... That has taken over, like, the Schwartz beer. Because when they had the one year where they did the Schwartz beer, it was fucking amazing. Because there's nobody who really, at least around here, that does, you know, black lagers. And the only other black lager that's really of note and worth a damn is Saranac's, you know, Black Forest, which is, you know, 
one of the few beers that's like that they've released that's perfect. So, <laughs> right. You know what? Hold on. Let's let's re- before we go into this shitty movie, let's see what's on tap at the Genesee Brew House right now. That's of interest. Still have Oktoberfest on tap if you want some. Finishing up that keg. They have a brew house IPA with Kevic and cashmere. So Kevic is yeast to produce an unfiltered ale that's juicy and citrus. Lemon, melon. They have that Imperial Marzen, which I really want to try. A blonde ale cryo hop blend. That sounds absolutely delightful. English Session Brown. And then they got the Scotch Ale back. And the Grungeist Pale Ale. So. Nice. Those are all incredibly delightful. Alright, so you've been putting it off, but it's time to talk about Home Sweet Home. In depth. Sweet home. So the first thing I want to point out about this movie is that the it is a very oddly written movie. Um it was written by Thomas that's, Bush. That that's just you're slaying for poorly written. Well, I don't I mean I'm I literally mean oddly written. This is a weird movie in general. It is a weird movie in like it in the fact that like yeah, it does follow slasher elements to a certain extent, but it 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 almost exists outside of reality in some capacity. Like, um, a lot of things that happen in this movie just don't even make any sense. Um, I'm thinking about the first after the the movie's first kill. Um, we go to the the, the hacienda uh, that the <laughs> uh, the Thanksgiving feast is supposed to take part at. And you say you're welcome for me. Yeah, me in there. yes, but you are right. That's what that is. What it is? It's a hacienda. It's um, like John Marston goes down to Mexico for the first time, and like like that one little town. I can't remember what the hell it's called because I haven't played Red Dead One in forever. But like that one little town by the by the railroad station where you can buy like that little apartment by the yeah. side. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's what it is, and yeah. So the so the Bradleys. Uh, live there, and they're they're holding this Thanksgiving get together, and um, it's it, this guy who at, at, for a while we don't even know why the why he's there, <laughs> um, comes with his girlfriend uh, to basically have Thanksgiving dinner and like go to his apartment because he lives there too in an apartment. It's not just a ranch; it's also an apartment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, they immediately like start to have sex in the. In literally the driveway, they're like literally outside the hacienda. Because like, we, we can't wait. Because <laughs> it's the eighties, man. <laughs> you got your car parked. <laughs> you know that's slang for let's fucking do it. Yeah, you you don't want while my dick's in you. Have that fucking stick up your ass as well. You know that way. You know. I love it. He like dive bombs her in the car. And not 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 only is that happening in the driveway, but then. Very inappropriately, Harold um, Bradley. No, not no, not inappropriately. Yes, inappropriately. The young girl Angel is right there. Harold's Harold's coming inside. He's like, I need a fucking Valium because my fucking kid, who's named Mistake, and this literally has no other name. His name is the Mistake in this movie. It's like that. If this if this movie were 2022, Mistake would then go out and shoot up a fucking s- grocery store because he'd be like the kid who never got had any uh, parental tutelage and he's like, I'm taking it out on any- everybody else. My no, name is not. fucking Mistake. How dare you say somebody of the Kiss Army would be... <laughs> Which also, <laughs> even by 19... 19- by 1981 is one of like the most dated concepts ever. Like, rock and roll will never die. It's like, it's like, yeah. Sorry, sorry to say, son. Rock and roll died around 1996. Well, you didn't. For for our listeners who most likely have never seen this movie, will never have to subject themselves to it after they listen to this episode. You what didn't explain ter- that mistake wears face paint, white face paint, through the entire movie. He is like. <laughs> Fucking 15-year-old Danzig. Like a fucking ghoul. 
<laughs> well, it's also funny too because like the Wikipedia is more descriptive than the film because here, like, he's a member <laughs> yeah. of the Kiss Army. I don't ever remember them saying anything about the Kiss Army. I think it's just like, yeah, he's this fucking creep that runs around playing his like Epiphone knockoff with Paul with a backpack amp, and he's like, damn, instead of like you know playing anything melodic, he's just like, he's just like, it does Bling. say that, doesn't it? And yeah. how does the how does the Wikipedia know that? Well, that it's the same thing with our killer. Our killer says on a PCP. They do a mention PC. PCP. They do mention PCP. That's what he's doing I, at the beginning of the movie. They well, like they say it on the radio. They say he's a PCP addict because the guy's going on and on on the radio about like well, I got like forty people coming over for Thanksgiving dinner and get like nine legs gonna hand out. Thanksgiving, but yeah, no, they do mention he's a PCP addict, and then you see him like inject the or or have like the dropper of PCP that he's given himself before he uh, goes to the ranch. Um, they do mention that the Kiss Army, though, that I'm gonna call bullshit. On, that I do yeah. not recall them ever mentioning nor getting the impression that the, yeah, like, his face Paul paint Sta- was supposed yeah. to be Kiss Army. Yeah, because Paul Stanley or Gene Simmons just sued him into oblivion. Yeah. But this is, like, right around the time when they're coming out, taking the, ma- the makeup off, and, like, you know, it's going to be, lick it up, lick it up. <laughs> I do like how they, they refer ah. to it on the Wikipedia as he's a Kiss Army soldier. Hilarious. Well, yeah, that was a thing. I know, but it's, it's that is funny. No, but you're right. I don't. I don't. They never mentioned that. So I did not get that impression. I just thought he's a fucking weirdo. He's and, a weird, and like, and, like I said, like I said, by 1981, like if this kid's running around like, hey, kiss, like he would have been getting the shit kicked out of. Like but, no one listens to kiss anymore. You fucking fruit. Not only that, he's like running around. And it's like, kid, it's Thanksgiving. Put on your best. <laughs> <laughs> you wearing your face paint? No, it's not only that. It's, hey, kid, I want to go and fuck your mom. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm, I'm talking go about. And... Harold comes into the kitchen. He's like, I need a fucking Valium. That mistake. He's running me all over the ranch. I need a Valium. And she's like, I'll give you something else. Hey, Angel, why don't you just turn around for a second and let me plot my tits? And that's pretty much what happens. And like I said, every everybody in this movie at the in the beginning of the movie is just like. We gotta get it on. We gotta get it on. And and you mentioned the the it's apparent like, relationship between this movie and it's kind of like tab like the, the taboo series. It's like eh, everybody's having sex with everybody. Uh, mom and mom and son. Mom and mom and aunt and son and aunt and nephew. Who cares? Well, if you, I say if you look at those boobies, you think it's Kay Parker standing there. Like, That's ah! true. Yeah, it does it? Does, she. Um, what's her name? Um. Uh, <laughs> Sally, Sally Young. Young. Sally Young does yeah. give off Kate Parker vibes in this movie. That's true. Which I think is almost intentional. Because you know what? Speaking of, like that whole opening, like with uh, uh, Jay Jones driving around and being a menace to society, it with that like opening credit sequence, it's, it's almost like you're watching like a late 70s, early 80s porn. Like just like the cruising part, like during the credits. Yeah, super and then unnecessary just, credits of just watching him drive around for two, three minutes. And the just play. and you're waiting for like the like what's the fucking film called? <laughs> and like after, <laughs> home sweet home after he <laughs> fucking mows down that old yeah. lady. <laughs> it's hilarious the scene where he mows that old lady down. I for, I almost forgot about that. How <laughs> walking I across, I say walking across the L.A. freeway because it, well, it's got a crosswalk and she's she's holding these bags and they're <laughs> they're breaking and then he's like I can't stop because he's like Sammy Hagar. Like I can't drive fifty five. Well, it's funny too because it almost at first it almost makes it look like it's an accident, and then he's like, <laughs> "He's gonna mow her down." Well, yeah. no, because he's already killed that one guy. Like the first thing that we see in this movie is guy sitting in his car, fucking chugging a church key Budweiser, and like, <laughs> "Hey man, want a beer?" <laughs> and then, and then, and then. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and and then our killer Jay 
just fucking rips him out the window. <laughs> it's such a yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? You're just sitting in your car. All of a sudden, <laughs> this brick shit house turns up and rips you out the window. Lovely that though. Like what a Thanksgiving. Just, just, just thinking about the times like today. Fucking just sitting there like. Hey man, want a beer? And like, if a cop drove by, like, hey, you get home safe, okay? Yeah. Like, it'd be twenty to like life now. Like, hey, you had a sip of whiskey on your way home. You're going to jail for life. Just yeah, hilarious. Like I said, this movie operates outside of realism. It, it's like in a surreal alternate dimension. And it, I mean, I will say that I think that the the first parts of the movie are actually pretty funny because they are so weird and bad. like it's Excuse it's me. done so awful, and the writing is so bad that it is pretty funny occasionally, like uh, not on accident, of course. But the one of my other favorites is um the guy, and I can't remember the guy, the, everybody's names because it really doesn't matter. I think his name is they Wayne. Barely, yeah. yeah. They barely I, say anyone's name I think throughout it's, it. I think his name is Wayne, but it's the guy who is placing like a huge sports bet. And he's like, I'm here on business. And the fucking power's out. And the TV's out. What am I going to do? And uh, he, like, he like goes off because he's going to look for the, the women who have driven off to like get, get wine. And uh, the other guy, Scott... He's like, are you coming with me? And Scott's like, no, I think there needs to be a man around here that sticks around and makes sure that everybody's okay. Not only that, well, sorry to interrupt, but, like, the one lady, Gail, that's with, uh, goes with Linda. Yeah. I, like, when she just randomly shows up for a second, I thought that was, like, young Lisa Ann just popping in, like. (laughs) Oh, that lady, that girl is definitely on, like, Valium. The way she delivers her lines is just, like. Hey, that's, hey, guys. What's up? Oh, forgot the wine. And then, and not only that, too, but the, the, the whole, their, their segment going off to get wine and then being in the car and then. It's revealed that oh yeah the gas tank light doesn't work right so they they uh, conveniently run out of gas it's just ridiculous um, they they have the whole scene where the police pull them over and they make a really big point of of making sure that Linda again gets to show her tatas she like reveals them is like. Don't worry, I'll handle this. I'll, I'll get us out of this ticket. And the, the cop I'm gonna has go a flashlight. From two bu- I'm, so I'm gonna go from I'm gonna go from two buttons to one. Button. Yeah, <laughs> the cop has a flashlight too, and the film makes a really a flashlight. Big... <laughs> yeah, <they're> right. <laughs> He's gonna need it after this encounter. No, but he has his flashlight. He pulls it out, and the the movie like makes this really really big uh, scene of him putting the flashlight on her like chest on her blouse and like it does it like three or four times of like did you guys know no no it's like on her tits yeah you don't have you don't have to church it up it's on her tits the entire not like that though that whole setup's like a fuck it like what again like if you're watching like an 80s porn like oh i didn't know it was a speed trap you won't give me a ticket, will you, officer? I don't know, partner. Should we give her a ticket? No, I think we should give her a warning. <laughs> All that's missing is bam, bam, bam. Yeah, it's, it's like, I'll give you a warning, but you've got to give me something else. I'll give you a warning with my wood. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and and, and the, after that, too, it's so funny because, like, the cops are such bumbling guys, at least from what I could see, because the film is really dark. We watched, like, a VHS rip. It was super hard to see any details. But from what I saw, the cop was like a bumbling guy. and Partner, she, partner, partner, partner. Yeah. And later partner. on, she's like, that cop was so cute. Oh, my gosh. I just wish I could have that cop. And then after that, the cops are like, did you see those bazumbas? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> those big bazums. <laughs> The movie, like uh, the movie's writing, is really bad. But again, it can be very funny. I think where the movie goes wrong is like in the second half, where it really has nothing happening for a long period of time. This movie is just very placid. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't have a storyline. There's not even any reasoning behind why Jane Jones is like, "I've got to get to this house and murder these people." I've, I'm gonna spend four hours tonight. 
you know, Hiding cutting, in their cutting off their power, looking in the windows. <laughs> it doesn't really even make any sense, but um, it, it, it has no real plot to it. And so if you're looking for something that has at least like a semblance of a story, you're not going to get it from Home Sweet Home. It, it, people like to complain about slasher movies and say they have no point. Home Sweet Home is one of those slashers that really has no point whatsoever. It really doesn't say or do anything. It's just it just kind of exists. It's just a story that happens, um, and I think that's its, its biggest my biggest complaint with it. And I think that's where it goes wrong, like in the second half, where by the second half, like more than half of our cast is dead, too. So it's we've got like 45 minutes where I remember checking the time and I'm like, wait a second. We started with nine people. We've already lost like five people. What are they going to do for the next 45 minutes? Where, and, did, Char- where did Churro go? <laughs> it's like, really? They don't do anything for that last 45 minutes. There's a lot of like running around. There's a lot of, um, uh, what's her name? Jennifer, I think. Uh, Jennifer just being like, oh, I'm going to sit by the fire. I think I'll stoke it while the fire's roaring. Fire is roaring. She's well, like, I her, think I'll stoke the fire. Well, Scott's like, you can't do anything. You're a woman. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she is pretty useless throughout the movie. She's just like, like, man, you know, when she wakes up, uh, poor Angel, like, it's time to take Angel to bed now. She's passed out on the couch. Angel, wake up. It's time for bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me just rouse you completely awake. <laughs> On a why strange not, why surface. Not, why not just lift her off the bed and take her to her bed? Like, like what's the point? Angel, it's time for bed. Hopefully, wake up. It's time for bed. You've been sleeping for like two hours. Hopefully, after. you won't be so startled that you don't go back to sleep again when I wake you up and put you back in bed. It's <laughs> just so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. <It's> just... <laughs> but yeah, again, like this, the movie does have those things where you know every movie kind of has this. Where there's some sometimes dialogue is just kind of there, it's just throwaway dialogue to like keep the movie moving, and you notice it and you're like, why would they do that? Like, doesn't make sense. This keep movie it has it in spades. Like literally everything that's said as dialogue is like, why? Who? Why would you do that? Who would do that? And it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, another thing that like comes to mind for me that that really doesn't make much sense in this movie is when um mistake is like trying to seduce the the spanish woman um maria maria yeah that's right and uh char or charo 2.0 because she's like just sitting there like like, i know and for being directed by netty pena you know a, a latina woman they kind of take away a lot of uh, stuff from from Maria as a character. Like, she's just kind of like a, a Latina stand-in here. Like, not doing anything. Like She, she speaks speak, Spanish the entire she time. She can't speak so. English. No one knows what she's saying. She's kind of like comedic relief. It's uh, somewhat offensive, I would say, but... <laughs> um, yeah. And, oh, the other thing, too, I liked about Maria is she gets murdered by Jay Jones and then um, Scott and Jennifer find her and they're like, why would mistake murder her? And like, I don't know. Maybe it was an accident. Did it look like an accident? <laughs> Could that have been an accident? What kind of event do you think took place where that was an accident? <laughs> but anyway, um, from what you could see, what did you think about the kills in a slasher movie? There's only one that's worth a damn. And that's the body slam on the fucking poor Harold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when he's, on the car. When, he, when, <laughs> when he's sitting there being a scumbag like, I gotta get gas for the generator. Just, yeah, I forgot. Hey, that hey, too. hey, hey. Who does there's, that? There's there's nobody around. I'm gonna fucking funnel the gas out of this car. There's, there's a random car here. You know what I'll do? I think I'll just skim this gas. Why? And then, Why? And then, and then after that, <laughs> oh, the battery on my Jeep's 
piece of shit. I'm going to rip the battery out. You know what? I think in that one regard, Jay Jones was justified. He's like, you, f- you fucked with my car. <laughs> and then he comes sprinting out like a madman. And then fucking, as he's poor Harold's hunkered, hunkered down under this hood, comes sprinting out, and then fucking five-star frog splashes him like he's fucking Eddie Guerrero and crushes him. <laughs> crushes him in, the, in the, the, the car trunk. Or the it's, car uh, hood. It's so fucking stupid, but so fucking funny. It's like, it just... Oh! Yeah, that is definitely the best death in this movie. It, Other than that, the rest of them are very tepid. They're kind of like, like strangulations, it. or you don't really get to see it. And like, like I said, we watched an obviously bad copy of this movie uh, because it's not easy to find, and uh, you can't really see a whole lot of the other stuff. Sometimes, sometimes it's like completely hidden in in the dark. And actually, at one point, I was like peering through the murk, trying to see like he's. There's one scene where he's like walking in the the house, and it's completely dark, and he's got a flashlight. And there's, like this, it makes a big point of like he's seeing something, like we should be seeing something too. Like, oh no, he's gonna discover something, and then he goes away. And we're like, I don't fucking know what was in the corner there. I can't see anything in this movie. It's completely black. So, um, but no, the, and and on it. So let's let's talk about this too. Um, how festively holiday Thanksgiving he is in this movie. Like a two out of ten. <laughs> Just saying, oh, we're having Thanksgiving dinner, and then being like, oh, look, here's a turkey and some yams that I'm going to feed you. And do you like mashed potatoes with herbs and spices? This movie could Dumb. have been set it's, on it's, a Sunday. Like, we just came home from church. We're having some turkey. Yeah, it's like, it's fucking dumb. <laughs> like, I do think that was thrown in, especially considering the the year that it was released it was thrown in to be like this is the slasher movie for thanksgiving like you've seen halloween you've seen christmas listen we didn't have a lighting budget so while you can't watch this film just know it's on thanksgiving <laughs> like it, it's it's totally like fucking stupid and irrelevant to the plot like the idea mm. is like that's what gathers them are all around here to get slaughtered but everyone is so loosely connected and don't feel like a group of friends. You don't give a shit. You don't care. Every one of these assholes deserves to be slaughtered. And yeah. it's just it's just fucking stupid. And like like a total waste of time and just terrible like a terribly written script. One it's, one of the things that I like too is that so so everybody's kind of gone off, right? So like the girls are still missing, uh, Harold's still missing, Wayne has driven off, and he's now like searching for people. And then you've got Scott and Jennifer who stay back, and they put the turkey on the table. And they're like, "Hey, we've got time. Why don't we go up to my apartment?" It's like you just put a turkey on the table. That gets under room temperature. You're looking at bacteria. You're looking at food poisoning. Don't put the turkey on the table. To get food poisoning. Go. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's weird that they're going to run up and do some childhood fondling. But, uh, <laughs> after the turkey, but as the horror film kind of mantra goes, it's not me, this is science. Uh, the smaller the boobies, the less time it takes to bust a nut, so... Uh, he's going to be back down there having a drumstick in no time. So, you know, that whole, you know, bacteria, he doesn't have to worry about that. They're going to go upstairs using two pumps and dump and go. Have his stuffing and, you know, drumstick. Yeah, Wayne looks like a two-pump chump. <laughs> or not Wayne, I'm sorry, Scott. Not Who Wayne. cares? They don't know. <laughs> who cares? Don't I, dignify it. I know. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea who the fuck is who in this movie. I think Cause I was going to say, because in the beginning when we see Harold and Linda and he's breaking them boobies out, you know, when Kay Parker's out there, it's, you know, a slowly work, you know, working upon that, you know, he, he's ready, re- ready and raring to go. So, you know, yeah. Hey, how it's, do you, it's, it's, it's just a horror film trope. How do, how do you feel about the, the end of the movie, which also goes 
full horror film trope where the killer just will not die. Gets stabbed in the back. Well, he's look out like how fucking beefy he is. That's like true. He's just to... like that. Just went through the first muscle. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for him to flex, and it fucking launched out of his <laughs> the back. Pop, like, like, <laughs> you know, like, like he's Popeye. Um, it's no, it's funny when the cops arrive. It's like partner, 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 <laughs> partner. Come on, partner. Hey, partner, partner. Partner, hey, we found a little girl down at the gas station. Partner, partner, <laughs> and it's the same cops from the earlier who are creeping on Linda and Gail, and they find Gail after she softly hit her head on a rock. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, she's dead. I guess, and then it's what an, like what te- an unlucky place for a rock like that. It just like flips over the car, <laughs> punk, done. Not only that though, but just like. <laughs> Oh, there's dead bodies here. And they keep going along. Like, they're not stopping establishing a crime scene or anything. They're like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got a bad guy to catch. And then... You know, I'm surprised they shot him because he's not black. So, you know, you'd figure the LAPD. Like, that's per the modus operandi out there. Like, oh, you're white? We'll take him. If well, I guess black, you're not going to we'll... try to take this guy in, though. Are you sure? Maybe. Well, it's just fucking stupid and ridiculous. And and, tire, and then they got that at the end where after they shot him twice with a shotgun, which, by the way, poor girl lying there. She could have been hit by some of that, bu- you know, fucking shotgun spread. In fact, she didn't, you know, it was a goddamn minor miracle, but, uh, Afterwards, he's lying there, and then at the end, he opens his eyes like, oh, I'm still alive! <laughs> I know, yeah, they they try to go for get the, the coroner. Get the, get the coroner ready. There's a lot. There's, they're going to be busy. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's quite ridiculous towards the end. And at that point, you know, even though this film is pretty short on its own anyway, it's like 83 minutes long. It ain't 83 minutes long. It still has reached its definite limit. Like you, you're ready for this to be. I was ready for this film to be over with at 24 minutes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely outlives its welcome. All right. So, Cover everything that you want to talk about, home sweet home. <sighs> Probably this the the title itself is really misleading because it's not really many people's home. But out of the nine people, it's like two people's home. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, it was also known as Slasher in the House, which I think I guess is a better title. I mean, it's pretty generic, but it at least. Is a little bit more gives you relevant. an idea yeah. what's the hell, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Home sweet home, you're, it's like, oh, am I watching that? F- is this a documentary on Motley Crue? Yeah, right. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> All right, so um, on a scale of zero to ten, Kiss Army Soldiers, what would you give <laughs> Home Sweet Home? I'll give this a three and a half out of ten. This is a fucking terrible film. This is a fucking beyond tedious film. This is an awful film. The fucking idea is trash. The acting in this film is trash. The fucking idea is stupid. The film is poorly made. You can't see throughout like 40% of this film is shot poorly lit. So you can't see what the fuck's going on. The kills outside the one fucking five-star frog splash death are fucking terrible. The acting in this film is terrible. There is nothing redeeming about this film. Outside of the, like, 82 minutes, maybe three minutes has some jovial, like, haha, this is so bad, it's funny. This is a fucking bad film. It's a slog, it's awful, it's unenjoyable. If you are one of the people who think, I like bad films, I can enjoy them because they're such a romp, this is not one of those films. This is a shitty film. With no merit. And I would never, even my worst enemy, suggest go and watch this film. I was literally restless throughout this film. Getting up, walking around, moving my fucking car from the sidewalk to my driveway. Doing other ancillary things. 
This is a fucking terrible film. Do not watch this film. Is it as bad as makeup? Well, it's been like seven years, so I can't remember. I don't think so, in my heart of hearts, because that's one of the worst films I've ever seen. But this is fucking dreadful. There's literally nothing redeeming about it. It has a few funny moments, but outside of that, it is not worth your time. It's not worth the effort. Stay away. And no wonder why we had to watch this on like some Malaysian bootleg site, because this is a fucking dreadful film. That even Vinegar Syndrome would turn her nose at and be like, you know what, not worth it. Not worth the five copies we'd sell. Three out of five. Fucking awful. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not a good movie. I'd probably give it a four out of of four out of. I think you said three out of five, but you mean three out of ten. Three three and a half out of ten. Three and sorry. a half out of ten. I would give it a four out of ten. I think that it is sometimes unintentionally funny. It definitely doesn't mean to be, but it it is, and I think that's probably its only redeeming quality. Other than that. This movie is not a good slasher movie. It is not a good cult film. It's not entertaining. Um, besides those brief comedic moments, and I think that the the turn in the second half where really nothing happens is is uh, uh, pretty boring. Uh, so most people won't get enjoyment out of even the, like the second half where you would normally expect to have the film kind of ramp up the uh, and escalate the violence. It does not happen. You don't really get much of anything. Um, there's a reason why it's not available. Um, you know, pretty widespread. It, it's just not a movie that anyone had any interest in. Um, I think it's one claim to fame that it has, you know, Nettie Pena as a, as a female director here from a slasher movie is kind of cool from a, from a film from 1981. It's not really that, uh, you know, um, common for that to happen, but it's just not a very good film. And I don't think that anyone would really like this movie the only people that i could see really you know like even potentially getting some enjoyment out of it would be people who love bad movies but at the same time this is a one of those movies that is so bad it's just bad you know for the most part it's not even so bad it's good it 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 doesn't have anything going for it that would make it a good movie and the lack of a plot itself is just you know the icing on the cake to make this a really unenjoyable experience and if you're looking for a thanksgiving movie this one ain't it it you know thanksgiving is in it really briefly but it's not the main focus of the movie at all so all right so that's our episode on home sweet home um we've done a couple episodes now where we've covered thanksgiving movies that weren't really that thanksgivingy and uh we didn't really enjoy that much but we hope you enjoy listening to the episode itself on the movie. It's going to be hard to. <laughs> and then um, yeah. also, we hope you come back for our Christmas episodes, which will start next week. <clears throat> I already have two nominations. Okay. Are you, you want me to announce them? Sure. Trading Places. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie, and I want to finally do Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Okay. It's a tangential Christmas movie. No, it's not. It's a Christmas. Honor Majesty's Secret Service, it's a Christmas movie. Well, it's, it's a Christmas it. movie, but it's one of those ones where it's like Christmas is happening in the background, right? There's not like a main like, hey, it's Christmas. It's James J- Bond. It's a James Bond Christmas. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a... It's Christmas, James Bond, like the, the Charlie Brown special. Listen, we That's need it, we need the tangential uh, Christmas film because Tim Allen's back to say Christmas is under attack. I know that's that's on the list. The Santa Claus is is on the list. We just have to wait for all the episodes to release because I think they're releasing weekly, if I'm not mistaken. And we have to how many, set how aside many, six how many, uh, three hours. How, to, how many episodes are they? I think doing? it's six episodes in total. So we need to set aside three hours to cover it in one episode to watch it and then cover it. Damn it. (laughs) There's no Judge Reinhold either, right? That's correct. I don't think anyway. I don't think. It does get most of the regular people back, though. Um, If it it doesn't have Judge Reinhold, then there's no point. 
Yeah, there's already three episodes released, and I do think that it's going to be six episodes because I think they're oh, calling this they... a basically a three-hour movie. You know what? Also, we can do Lindsay Lohan's comeback Christmas film. Oh, that is true. And then we need to finally do a Lacey Chabert Christmas film. I thought we were saving that for the uh, for the what one year that we do. Uh, a Hallmark Christmas on the podcast. <laughs> just every like, just pick six Hallmark Christmas movies. I was gonna say yeah. that'd be a year long project. Just talking because it'd be. I 52. think it could be fun because we would point out we could point out all of the things that are like tropisms of about. We could even come up with like specific categories that we need to to hit a bingo card of sorts for the <laughs> for Lacey Chabert for the Christmas holiday movies. Yeah, we could do a Lacey Chabert Christmas because she definitely has more than six movies for Hallmark. So we could do that at some point. Maybe next year. She was in Beverly have, Hills Chihuahua. We have to do um, Home Alone 2, I think, too, right? No, we, we, we don't. We did huh, We did Home Alone. Yeah, we finally did last year. But we haven't done Home Alone 2. So that's did you see what the newest one was called? Home Sweet Home Alone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. I think we need to do that one. Uh, right, right. Yeah, for home <laughs> yeah. Tie it all in. So you'll you'll want to stick around for our Christmas series because we're gonna start that next week and it's gonna go all Christmas season. So I think we really need to do Home Alone three the most because that's probably the Home Alone I've seen the most. You can't skip Home Alone two to go to Home Alone three. Sure, I, will I can. Allow, I will allow skipping the rest to go to Home Sweet Home Alone because they technically, <laughs> it's more of a remake. So I will allow it. No, you won't because I will uh, not allow well, skipping to Home Alone three. The Holiday Heist has fucking Malcolm McDowell as the villain. We are not skipping that. <laughs> Malcolm McDowell had a stage of, I need money. Please give me money. Money? True. <laughs> My Halloween money has dried up. Please give me money. Money. <laughs> Let's see. I'm just trying to calculate. One, two, three. Oh. We're gonna get a, we're gonna get four episodes in at some point. We'll get four in. Technically, so, the weeks that we have until Christmas is only three. We'll get four because Christmas is on a Sunday, which makes gonna, it a little bit awkward. We're gonna do Caligula too to celebrate uh, Christmas and Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> All right, well, <clears throat> let's wrap this episode up. Let's. Let's say happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. We hope you enjoyed our very festive episode on Home Sweet Home. Don't um, watch it. <laughs> don't put it. Well, you know what, though? If you got to drive the relatives out, you're looking to get rid of them, put on Home Sweet Home. I think it'll do the job. I don't know. Your Trump-supporting uncle might be like, this is good <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, but thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed. And uh, if you did like it, subscribe to us on pretty much any podcasting app that you could think of. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Homebase at Anchor.fm. Um, good pods, whatever you listen to, we're on it. So leave us a nice review and give us a subscription. Um, we're on Twitter for right now until it implodes. Um, and Facebook, <laughs> Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Just search for us on those. Um, and we're, um, we have an email address, bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. You can write to us, let us know what you like, what you don't like, uh, what Thanksgiving episodes we should cover next because we're running out of them and we'll definitely take that into consideration. That's um, just Ryan saying he doesn't want to do Alice's Restaurant. I, I will do that one. I do at some point want to do Hostile Takeover as well, which, um, is a Thanksgiving movie, uh, from George Mihalka who did, uh, My Bloody Valentine. Uh, so... I do want to do that one at some point. It again, it's just an, another one of those movies that can't find. So, um, and uh, let's see, where was I? Oh, you can uh, donate to us on Patreon at patreon.com/slash blown by crumb podcast. You can uh, send us money, and we will put it back towards beer. So we appreciate that. Whatever you can donate. Um, thanks for listening. We hope you uh, tune back in for our Christmas series that's starting next week. Um, we're going to cover some, some old stuff, some new stuff should be fun. Um, until then take care.